Hello, and welcome to the Deep Bible Studies podcast, where we discover, explore, examine, and practice the Word of God. Today, we will be going through the first part of John 9, 10 through 23. So they said to him, then how were your eyes opened? So in the verses before these, we saw that the crowd could not believe that this man was the same blind beggar they had known for years, and that they decided he was actually another person. Logically, that doesn't make sense as he looked the same, which they stated, and in every aspect was the same person except for two things. He was no longer the same person because he could not only physically see now, number one, but as we will witness in the passage, he had encountered and surrendered to the light of the world Jesus, which recreated his physical eyes to see, but also renewed his heart as we see through his confession of who he believes and what it cost him. In the verse before, the man clarifies that the beggar is indeed himself. And here we see the elephant in the room. Then how were your eyes opened? That to them is who he was, who they characterized him to be and recognized him to be. So the fact that such a miracle took place was mind-boggling as it should be. One of the subjects I would like for us to think about as we go through this passage is one of the biggest themes of the Gospel of John. John MacArthur names this as willful unbelief. It's dangerous and common to say the least, but he describes it as this. Number one, unbelief sets false standards. Number two, unbelief that always wants more evidence but never has enough. Some examples in this account are the man, the witnesses, the neighbors, and the parents. Outside of the account, we see in the world creation, fine-tuning of the universe, prophecies fulfilled, Israel, the amount of accuracy of the New Testament manuscripts, the amount of them, the conscience, etc. These are all examples that point towards God and more than that point towards the Bible and Jesus Christ to be truth, but people willingly don't want to see that. So, the third is unbelief does biased research on purely subjective basis. Number four is unbelief rejects the facts. Number five is unbelief is self-centered. So let's think about these things that we see throughout the passage as we follow along. And by the way, these are things that we all before knowing Christ, we all willingly submitted to willful unbelief that we did not want to know that he is Lord as he is, that he is who he says he is, so we willingly rejected the evidence. But thank God that he led us to understand not only the evidence, but the implication of it, and even more that, the cross, and what that has led to. So verse 11 says, He answered, The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to Salome and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. This is such a faithful testimony, which is surprising considering the amount of persecution the Pharisees and the crowds were doing to Jesus himself and anyone who declared that they followed him. Therefore, the question must be asked, why would this man lie? What would he gain from saying that this Nazarene man who himself says in Matthew 8, and in Luke 9, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Meaning, what would he have to physically offer him? But instead, what would happen is that he would be thrown out of the synagogue and be despised. That is what would happen and what did happen. 
So how could this account be a lie in the face of so much loss? Therefore, because it is truth, then the man who can create from mud this Jesus of Nazarene, his works and his words are to be listened to and wrestled with. But continuing on, verse 12 through 13 says, They said to him, Where is he? He said, I don't know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been formerly blind. The reason why the former blind man's neighbors brought him to the Pharisees was because the miracle performed was on a Sabbath, as we will see in the next verse. This is not the first time Jesus does a miracle on a Sabbath and has been confronted about it. We have talked about the Sabbath many times before and the significant it truly has in the law versus what the Pharisees made it out to be in the oral tradition. But what we know is that Jesus never broke the commandment to keep the Sabbath holy because he came to fulfill the law and is sinless. Matthew 12, 10-13 says, And a man was there with a withered hand. And they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? So they might accuse him. He said to them, Which one of you has a sheep, if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it up? Of how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out and it was restored, healthy like the other. Verse 14 says, Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And the man said to them, He put mud on my eyes and I washed and I see. Some of the Pharisees says, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs. And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? He said, he is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight. So the neighbors were the first to identify him. Then because they were willingly unconvinced, the Pharisees sought the parents who would absolutely know if this man was the old blind beggar, which they confirmed it was, meaning that that was more than enough evidence. Yet we know that this is willful unbelief, when the very witnesses of the miracle were not even considered, because they knew what had happened was true, but they did not care to look for the truth, but to look for a way to disprove it, to accuse Jesus from the event. We see this exactly played out in the illegal trial of Jesus the night of his arrest. The witnesses could not even maintain a reliable narrative. But that didn't matter because all they wanted to do was kill Jesus at the expense of truth. That is, he is the Messiah, God the Son, King, Lord, and Savior. The rest of the verses say, And asked him, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he now sees we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age, ask him. You can find more information on our website, www.deepbiblestudies.com, where you will also find the calendar to go along with the book that we will be studying. 
You can also find us on Instagram at Deep Bible Studies and Facebook, where you can know every single time we post a new podcast. Also, we have an email, contact at deepbiblestudies.com, where you can ask us any questions and we will be sure to get back to you. I hope you have a wonderful day and see you next time.